Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. American honors are rolling in for a collection of Grizzlies and Bobcats who start on the gridiron this fall. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Over the last week, Hero Sports, the ABA, and the Associated Press released FCS All-American teams littered with standouts from the Montana and Montana State football squad. The AP's first team included MSU offensive lineman Lewis Kidd and MSU senior linebacker Troy Anderson, along with Montana junior cornerback Justin Ford and Grizz freshman punter Ryan Duchini, who has since transferred to Nebraska. Montana State running back Isaiah Fonse and UM junior linebacker Patrick O'Connell were named to the AP second team. All of the aforementioned land on the Hero Sports All-American team, as did MSU senior defensive end Daniel Hardy, Montana long snapper Matt O'Donohue, and Grizz kick returner Malik Flowers. Ford and Anderson were two of just 11 players honored on the ADA All-American squad. Saturday in Bozeman, the FCS playoffs descend upon Montana for the first time since 2009. Saturday's Final Four game between Montana State and South Dakota State marked the first at Bobcat Stadium since 1984. MSU's last national championship season. Bobcats are into the semis for the second straight season. After advancing that far before falling to North Dakota State in 2019, Montana State earned a second postseason home game by beating Tennessee Martin 26-7 in the second round and trouncing top-ranked Sam Houston in Huntsville, Texas 42-19 last week. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Traveling Radio Show. Coming at you here on ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. You can find them in the Garden City at the corner of Stevens and Mount, or you can check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. 
Miss anything in the first hour of the show? Give you a little preview, breakdown of the FCS playoffs. Also heard from South Dakota State head coach John Stigelmeyer and had some Grizz basketball tickets for you as well. You find everything in today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe. And keep sharing that thing around. I know that you guys have been spreading the word for us. If you know anybody that likes Sports Talk Radio, I really appreciate the millions and millions out there that listen live between 4 and 6 every day. But we also love anybody that comes back for in case you missed something or anybody that likes to listen to it at a different time. Whatever way you want to listen to on is now. We love it. So keep spreading the word. You can always stream the show off our station website, 1029ESPN.com. You can always download the podcast, which is presented proudly by SportsBet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wayne Gate by Wyndham Hotel. So keep that podcast circulating around. If you know anybody in the state of Montana, what a great Christmas gift. Just tell them to go subscribe. It's free. You guys can talk about all the banter we have around here. Really appreciate SportsBet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel for presenting Nuanas Now all season long. You want to be a part of the show? Shoot us a text. 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. And you can text us any and all of your questions. Before we get into a little blindside, I want to keep this as positive as possible because this is, this is our last show of 2021, but we must address something because right now the NCAA transfer portal is uh, going off. There's more than 6,000 football entries alone from across the country over the last three weeks. There's dozens and dozens from the Big Sky Conference, but perhaps the most impactful names that have entered include Weber State All-League defensive end George Tarlis. He has since landed at Boise State. Idaho All-Big Sky fullback Logan Kendall. He has since landed at the University of Utah. Kobe Singleton, who was an All-Big Sky performer as a true freshman at Southern Utah. He has yet to make his decision. Jaden Dawson, a highly recruited junior college guy who then landed at Idaho State for a year, but then entered the NCAA transfer portal when Rob Fennessy was let go. He is into the portal as well. And a couple other... Markable uh, names worth mentioning. Jace Bobo, the leading tackler for Northern Colorado the last two years, into the portal. Cody Williams, outstanding kicker from Portland State, has entered. Brandon Porter, who was an all-big sky receiver at Northern Arizona in 2019, has struggled with some injuries since then, but he had 85 catches for more than 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns back in 2019. He's into the portal, and... Uh, your most recent entries just from the last couple days include Cole Thompson from Idaho State and Lamar Campbell from Idaho. So, you know, it's, it's the sound bite that everybody's saying. Lane Kiffin, of course he did, got it started. It's open free agency in college football. Bobby Houck said the same thing. Um, but Brooks, you know, on one hand, I totally understand. Brooks Nuanas, by the way, joining us here on Nuanas now. Uh, I totally understand the premise of, hey, if Lincoln Riley can leave before the bowl game even comes, jump ship to USC for $110 million, maybe you went to go play at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley or for Lincoln Riley. That's what, that was the main determining factor. So you should be able to have freedom to go somewhere else as well. Okay, I sort of buy it. On the other hand, though, and I do agree with sort of flexibility because you never know, like, your mom might get sick. You want to go back home. You shouldn't get punished for that. The fit wasn't what you wanted it to be, you know. It, people kind of expect you to fully be all the way uh, immersed in, and have full knowledge of where you're going to go when you've only been to a place one time in your whole life. Or maybe you've never been there. Every guy that just signed in Montana earlier this week, no, no, you've even been on official visits. They've all been there probably on unofficial visits, but no, none on official visits. So, I mean, what, what do you think of this phenomenon, this this mysterious portal that exists where it's just, it's a database that guys can go enter themselves into to just reignite their recruiting at any time? I think the recruiting portion of it is really sketch. I think the player empowerment portion of it is positive. 
I think it's the, the, the LeBron James era of sports. We talk about free agency in professional sports, the ability to leave a team that you've signed a contract with. You're contractually obligated to come to work every single day for that organization. And the ability that professional athletes have shown, the flexibility that they have shown within an open marketplace, I feel should be passed and trickled down throughout college athletics. The schools that it's going to hurt the worst are the schools that are already hurting within recruiting. The schools that do not have massive, quote-unquote, pools to draw from. The schools that don't have 20 or 30 options and have five or six kids every year that they're, that they're looking at, and three of those kids leave. That kind of stuff really hurts a mid-major program in basketball, for instance. But in football, the ability to transfer one time unabated I think has some positive nature inherently just due to the fact as I mentioned about the open marketplace sure. that a coach can do just the, just the same you are in a sense not providing free labor sure you're providing compensated labor right so compensated labor as receiving a scholarship that is worth quite a bit of money um, whether or not we want to talk about should these players get paid or not there is opportunity that you receive taking a, a full-ride athletic scholarship to a Division One institution that most people could never dream of. That's right. Most people in America cannot afford to pay for college with cash. That's right. And they're giving you cash that you then pay the college right back to. A lot of those things are scholarship institutions, scholarship associations. It's yep. not necessarily the taxpayer dollars. People oftentimes are – it's a misnomer to think that, like, the University of Montana – or Montana State is paying those kids scholarship. It's privately donated money That's to right. scholarship associations That's right. that pay that, 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 that money. And then that private money that's paying for kids to put on a quote-unquote show that ticket holders pay for, then that ticket money and a lot of that revenue that's driven through game day experience goes back to the university. So the university makes money off it. But to say that you don't have a a life-changing experience by receiving that full ride of scholarship is false. But to also For say sure. that that's not compensation is false. That's right. And that compensation then creates a market. And if we call it an open market, then inherently you have to be able to be able to have some movement within that market. The one-time thing, I think, is the right way to do it if they were to change that. If it were to become endless, it would sure. become an issue. I think the one-time <laughs> one transfer where you can play the next year, you don't have to sit out, that sit-out year really starts to affect people. You can't send people somewhere with no purpose. Right. That's a really hard issue to deal with. So the fact that it's a one-and-done, that you can transfer and play the next year, I like the fact they can get plug-and-play. Everything changes. Everything evolves within sports. And within the world. So this fact that this, this transfer portal is new, it's going to evolve. I think it'll get better. It's not easy for coaches to have to plan for, but if they create some transparency and communication within their programs, within their organizations, I think it's something that can be managed. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Nuan is now doubling up, taking you home for the last time in 2021. Appreciate you being here. Coulter Nuanas, Brooks Nuanas, live from Montana State campus. We're here at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. Just got a alert on my phone. It's a tweet from Patrick O'Connell. And uh, he, Robbie Houck, and Justin Ford shared the Grizz Defensive MVP Award. Well deserved. Well deserved for sure. Uh, How do you differentiate between those? Guys? I only I only just saw the alert though. And I, I grabbed my phone and, and paused there for a second. I thought it might have been a Buck Buchanan award uh, or a transfer alert. portal. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I mean, see, and that's that's the thing. It, it, there, there's so much nuance to this conversation, but FCS coaches have been talking for several years now. This is a horrible thing. All of our best players are going to leave. We're just a farm system to the big leagues. It's objectively completely false. Completely false. I can name every player that's transferred up from the Big Sky Conference since this uh, phenomenon occurred, and I hope that most of them that did are examples of what's going to happen to you. 
He's going to just end up transferring so next Mari year. Samari Torre had a fine year at Nebraska. He had a fine year. And, and I, I would say that his transfer, considering he got his degree at Montana, he wanted to test himself in the Big Ten. He transfers to Nebraska. He has a good year. That's fine. Brian Buschini just did it from the Grizz now to Nebraska. We'll see how it goes. I absolutely 100% guarantee it if Dakota Prukop from Montana State or Vernon Adams from Eastern Washington. Vernon Adams was pretty good at Oregon. But, like, Gage Goober wishes he would have made a different choice when he went from Eastern Washington to Washington State and never played a snap of football again. Kevin Thompson was a big state conference MVP at Sac State. You ever see Kevin Thompson play college football again? No, you didn't because he transferred to Washington. He didn't win the starting job. So... And, th- and that's it. That's all. That's, those, are the, those are the extent of the guys that have done it. Trey Anderson didn't go anywhere. It's, he could have. He could have. But it's, it's like Jeff Choate says, and it's like Bobby Houck says. If you are in this for what it should be about, you're not going to do that. Like all these great players. Like there's a bunch of guys on Montana right now. Those three guys I just named, they're girls defensive MVPs. They're all juniors. They all could transfer right now for free. I would be flabbergasted, especially uh, the two of them, O'Connell and Houck. I mean, Robbie Howe getting transferred. <laughs> I don't think Bobby. You don't would, think so? I don't think Bobby would even let him drive out of town. Family dinner would change. <laughs> but, but like it would shock me if O'Connell transferred, right? And and you know Justin Ford, who knows? I don't know. I'm not speculating anything. All I'm saying though is like, if it's about what it's about, to the dude, it is what it is. The thing that I really like for the rule, the situation of the rule is that grad transferring has always been an option. That's right. I love the idea that if you really want to go make it academically, you have the option to do that. Right. The year before you hit grad school, you hit your senior year at the University of Oregon, and you go into grad school and you get to med school, there's a lot of options there that if we're going to really sit on our high horses and say what it's all about. Right. If you take that academic opportunity... I think that there is nothing more open market about a situation than that. For sure. Than bettering yourself sure. academically sure. at an institution that provides sure. the academic guidance and programs that you need. Well, and that's the other thing that people got to remember, too, is that there's also about to be a, a massive amount of attrition for guys that don't enter the portal, that just decide that their college football careers are finished. And how can you blame them? You can't. Yeah. Like we're sitting here on the Montana State campus. There's several guys that we covered. They were great guys and great. Po- they, they were good players. The guys like uh, Michael Jobman and Kyle Finch, Denver Crone, all those guys. They started here at MSU, but their coach, who they came to play for, Jeff Choate, leaves, and they got college degrees. How are you gonna hate on that guy? You know, like <laughs> when I interviewed Denver Crone, he said, "I got stuff to do, man." Like. The farm up in Cho- the ranch up in Shoto, it ain't going anywhere. Like, I promised my dad I was going to be down here for five years, and I got my degree, and I got to go back. We need help. So it's hard to hate on guys for that. So there is a lot of nuance to the conversation. I'm not sitting here stating it's good or bad. It is, it is what it is. ESPN Radio, Nuanas now. Brooks Nuanas joining me, Coulter Nuanas. Time now for a little blind side. This is where we ask each other questions we have not prepared for whatsoever. It's a little old-school two-tell-nuanas trick. But this one isn't a curveball. This just exactly is what it is. I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks now. The most hyped and publicized game at the FCS level is the rivalry game between Montana and Montana State. No, it certainly is. They played for the 120th time. It's it's the only dent other than North Dakota State mowing people down that, that the FCS gets on the national level when it's not the playoffs. You know, national coverage pretends, you know, outside of our great friend Sam Herder at Hero Sports and Craig Haley at Stats FCS, like outside of the guys that are actually, that's their job to cover it. The FCS doesn't make a dent on the national level in the national conversation at all. Unless, well, unless you're Cooper Cup in the NFL. Well, for sure, for sure. But but I just mean like the, the, the scope of the regular season. Sure, sure. They're not talking about anything unless it's like North Dakota State with a 40-game winning streak against South Dakota State or Kakaris. That's it. Also, though, when the balance of the Big Sky Conference is right, and it's, it's been out of whack for a while, from the expansion of the league in 2012 to the, regret, the severe regression of Montana to the tumult that Montana State experienced, particularly when they decided to part ways with Rob Ash, the, the universe as it is in terms of the hierarchy of the big sky 
being defined by the best programs with the most resources with the best coaches that it's taken since it's taken a full 10 years since the league expanded for it to sort of almost return to where the symbiosis is balanced right but and I'm not saying this is the thing that's the best for the league but if you're talking about the investment in football and the and the amount of exposure that you're going to get the Big Sky's at its best, and also the Big Sky is going to receive the most national recognition when Montana and Montana State are among the best teams. I don't, th- I don't necessarily think they have to be one, two, but those two need to be two of the four playoff teams. Flagships. That helps everybody else, right? Flagships. It's, exactly. Like, Southern Utah wins the league, and when Montana and Montana State aren't very good, Southern Utah's got to go on the road to play at Sam Houston when they're the Big Sky Conference champions outright, right? Like, they don't get a seed or anything like that. When Montana and Montana State are in the mix, even if they're the third and fourth best teams in the league, now UC Davis is getting a seed. Now Weber State's getting a top-four seed. Makes the league better. Now Sac State's getting seeds. You know, Sac State's got seeds two years in a row because they beat the Montana schools. That's why they get the seed. There's a... F- Full scenario where Sac State, if they don't beat the Montana schools, still win the league. They're not even in the seating. Absolutely. We've seen it before. So, that's all to say then, though, one of the biggest arguments against having conference championships at the FCS level is that your best team or one of your, or your two, one of your two best teams is going to lose a game at the end of the season. Guess what? If the Cats and the Grizz stay good, that already happens. So my blindside question for you is, what if we considered moving the Bobcat-Grizz game to a different date, or do you love it at the end of the season? Wow. Really thoughtful question. Some history as well. Montana-Montana State was not the season finale for the first, I believe, 80 years of the rivalry. The Cats and the Grizz did not play a season finale game until the mid-'80s. Marty Morningweg, our great friend, Coach Marty, who joins us on the Monday hey, afternoon Coach. quarterback. Now you're out there. Uh, he joins us Monday afternoon quarterback every Monday, second hour, 5 o'clock. He was a senior in 1984 at Montana. He, the only game, he played the Bobcats in the season finale once. They used to rotate the rivalry games all the time. Idaho, Boise State, Nevada. Because the Big Sky used to just be so much more flush with rivalries, it was like you're in conference play, great, you're playing a rival. Um, but, I don't know, you just wonder, because t- to me, Montana State, on one hand, deserves all the credit in the world for getting to the Final Four as an eight seed. But the Cats were only an eight for one week in the whole year, and it was the last week because they lost to Montana. They're a top-five team. They have been for the duration of the season, but so is the Grizz. And so if you just had a different scenario, let's just say they played the first Saturday of November and then you had two games left to sort of recover. I just feel like it would impact the playoff ramifications a lot more, but it would take away a lot of the allure of the Super Bowl of Montana. I I mean, I mentioned, it's a really good question, Colter. I think it has an easy answer. I think that there would be a bunch of intrigue to move it around. I think that playing October 28th would be really interesting. You could have a different level of health. A different level of momentum. Stuff to play for. I don't think that is what the fans want. Right, and that's the thing that the fans need to adjust, though. Do you want to beat the rival, or do you want a national championship? Because I would say that the single biggest factor that is hindering Montana and Montana State from winning national championships is the utmost and almost ridiculous priority on the rivalry game. Because... What has the rivalry result caused over the last 20 years? Nothing but coaching changes. Every guy that's gotten fired at either school has gotten fired because of the Cat-Grizz game, except for Robin Flugrad. Every other one, the Bobcat-Grizzly game has had such a huge effect on it. And the momentum of the programs, make no mistake, one of the biggest factors in Montana's run of dominance is they never had to worry about the rivalry game. Don Reed beat the Bobcats 10 years in a row. So he was never worried about the last game costing him his job. Now, every year, I mean, I think that Bobby Houck is unimpeachable at Montana, except for one re- reason. If he would have lost this year, he'd be on the hot seat, period, because of the way that the, the rivalry is so over-prioritized. And I'm not trying to hate on anybody out there that thinks it's the greatest thing in the world, because we do too. But I do think that it's, it's sort of silly. Let's put it like this. North Dakota State's main rival South Dakota State, right? North Dakota State has only lost 12 games the last 10 years. Five of them have been to South Dakota State. How many South Dakota State national championships are there? None. Zero. 
How many times has North Dakota State lost to their rival and won the Natty? Every single time. Five times. Five out of the last nine years. That's the greatest example you can give. I know it's not the same. It's apples to oranges in terms of the ferocity of that rivalry. But I just think I think that the over-prioritization of the rivalry is going to negatively impact both programs forever if they don't figure it out. I couldn't agree more. I 100% agree. And you're so good at all this stuff, so you answer your own questions. I guess that's how the radio goes. Montana State struggled all through the the, the mid-2000s. 16 in a row, right? Uh, uh, 90s. 90s to the mid-2000s. Well, sort of. Mike Kramer, uh, the, the group... 2003 was the streak like, was like, broken. Like, like, like 2002. Cats won in 2002, 2003, and 2005. That was a three out of four year when Kramer was the head coach. But yes, your, your, your point's well taken. For me, there's a bunch of intrigue in October 28th. October 14th. Something like that. There's October 6th. Whatever. There's a bunch of intrigue in that. For, also for me, is that you laid out the landscape at the Big Sky Conference. And to me... On November 22nd, every single year, there's a Big Sky Conference championship. It's played between the two best teams. That's right. Points rested. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's exactly true. And I guess that's exactly right because they should be the two best this, teams. They are the two best teams, and they should be the two best teams every year, and they should play in the last game in November for the conference championship. And the Cats, if the Cats beat the Montana Grizzlies in Missoula this year, they win the conference championship. That's right. And that's how it should be, and that's how it is. This is the first time that the loser of the brawl has advanced farther than the winner of the brawl since 2003. That's an interesting statistic. Yeah, that's one, man. See, pay the stats, people. Andrew, if you're in the studio, just <laughs> well, wait. January 1st, a raise is coming because I know you're pumping these stats to Colter. He can't do this all by himself. <laughs> Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Got a couple more blindsides and a couple more thoughts on the game that will transpire tomorrow in Bozeman, Montana, as well as the game you guys are all about to watch and we're about to watch tonight as well. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. American honors are rolling in for a collection of Grizzlies and Bobcats who start on the gridiron this fall. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Over the last week, Hero Sports, the ADA, and the Associated Press released FCS All-American teams littered with standouts from the Montana and Montana State football squad. The AP's first team included MSU offensive lineman Lewis Kidd and MSU senior linebacker Troy Anderson, along with Montana junior cornerback Justin Ford and Grizz freshman punter Brian Buscini, who has since transferred to Nebraska. Montana State running back Isaiah Afonso and UM junior linebacker Patrick O'Connell were named to the AP second team. All of the aforementioned land on the Hero Sports All-American team, as did MSU senior defensive end Daniel Hardy, Montana long snapper Matt O'Donohue, and Grizz kick returner Malik Flowers. Ford and Anderson were two of just 11 players honored on the ADA All-American squad. Saturday in Bozeman, the FCS playoffs descend upon Montana for the first time since 2009. Saturday's Final Four game between Montana State and South Dakota State marked the first at Bobcat Stadium since 1984. MSU's last national championship season. Bobcats are into the semis for the second straight season. After advancing that far before falling to North Dakota State in 2019, Montana State earned a second postseason home game by beating Tennessee Martin 26-7 in the second round and trouncing top-ranked Sam Houston in Huntsville, Texas 42-19 last week. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. We're not in studio because we are here on the Montana State campus in preparation for the first FCS semifinal game 
in the Treasure State since 2009 and the first at Bobcat Stadium since 1984 as Montana State hosts South Dakota State a trip to the FCS National Championship on the line. As I was scrolling on the uh, social medias, as, you know, we are all prone to do. Some of us. Some of us. <laughs> I saw... A picture from my good friend, Mitch Stroman. Hi, Mitch. The play-by-play uh, -play voice of the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. Joined us on this show a little earlier this season. Gotta love Mitch. Good guy. Gives us more shout-outs on Arizona radio and television than anybody that I've ever known. Love the publicity and the promotion down in Arizona, Mitch. Anyways, he has a picture on Instagram of him getting ready for a call saying that Northern Arizona's women's basketball team, which has been a, a good team the last couple of years, led by not bad, led by Montana native Lori Payne, a Haver product, is hosting Arizona. The University of Arizona. The Arizona Wildcats, who, if you weren't paying attention, won the freaking national championship last year. <laughs> the one, the big dance. They won it all. And they're the number four team in the country, and they have a 9-0 record. I, I, I'm just mystified right now. Are they playing in walk-up? Right, they're playing at the walk-up Sky Dome. Walk-up Sky Dome is a beautiful dome, Colter. Maybe they, they, the allure drew them I, in. I, I don't know how this is possible. They are winning. Uh, this post was from obviously earlier today. This game has tipped, and Arizona is up 69-38, um, which is no slight to Northern Arizona whatsoever because, again, the national champions are playing in Flagstaff. I, I guess pretty, pretty good road win uh, yeah, for, for, the, for the Wildcats. I, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been hearing about the perils of scheduling home games from Big Sky Conference coaches, and it's always a fascinating conversation because it is very hard. You do have to pay uh, a significant purse, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard. It, it was a, it was a, uh, a Goliath effort for Travis Secure to get Air Force to come to Montana. Montana State played 10 road games before they played a Division One men's home game. It's a little easier on the women's side where, like, Gonzaga was in Missoula earlier this year to play the Lady Grizz. South Dakota State has been here at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse as we sit several times recently. But, again, that's the West Coast Conference and the Summit. That's not the defending national champions going to flags ever. I'm, I'm just, I'm, my mind is blown. It's a pretty good draw. I got to make a note because I know Mitch Stroman's listening. Uh, <laughs> even though he's on the call. Um, I'm shooting from the hip here, folks, but, but walk up sky dome is one of the largest freestanding wood domes in the entire country. It's in the top five. Do you know what else is in the top five? Called the, the brick, the brick breathing field, field house, the first and largest wood dome in the United States. Freestanding wood dome. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure that means the nails are wood. That's right. <laughs> Gotta love it. That's what you get when you have a premier engineering and architecture school. All right. Continuation of our meandering and free-flowing conversation here as we wind down 2021 on Nuanas Now. The blind side continues. What do you got? Colter, I have a national question for you. Okay. I like to consider decades and generations from 5 to 5, 95 to 05. 05 to 15, 15 to FCD, 2025. Okay. I prefer, I think that the round 10s, 2000, 2010, I think that they're sure. they're just too easy. Okay. For whatever reason, I like to get into the generation. Yeah. I feel like the, the middle of the generation carries into the next one, but it's hard to cut it off right there. Yeah, there's also a distinct thing that we need to determine as a society. It's a total rant, but generations are... The generation used to be 20 to 25 years. Right. That's what my and, question and is going to rely on. And, that. and then it, it, it got shrank to 10 or 12 years. And now it's like three. Now it's like four. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like you and I are three and a half years apart, and we're from a different Different generation. generations. But you are also from a completely different generation than our main man, Andrew Houghton, who's sitting back completely at different. the studio, even though you guys are only about three years apart, too. Absolutely. Like now the generations are. When did you get a cell phone? When did you get Facebook? When did technology hit you in the face? What sort of uh, impact did it have on your development? Like Absolutely. It's, it's distinctly different. Like, I didn't have a cell phone until I was, like, a senior in high school. Barely. I, I didn't have a Facebook until I was out of college or, I guess, like, in the, I don't know, whatever. Social media was not a part of my experience until I was in my 20s. So, it, you know, it, it is. It's different. Anyways, carry on. So generations are, are different. 
Sure. I like to cap, I like to, to structure them a little bit differently in my mind. My question for you on a national scale, okay. as we now have passed 2020 yep. and 2021, we're moving into a new generation. Yep. We have some guys, some national figures that have been vitally important to the last two decades. Okay. When we call players generational players, yep. I consider that a two-decade span, a generation. As you mentioned, now generations are three, four, five years. Sure. They're not a 10-year decade. Sure. To me, in the professional sports landscape, they're yep. two decades. Okay. Tiger Woods. Yep. LeBron James. Yep. Tom Brady. Yep. Whoever you want to put in baseball, someone that likely did juice and someone that likely didn't. There's probably two. <laughs> okay. Mike, yeah. tr- Mike Trout. We'll, we'll sure. put uh, Clay Kershaw. Clay Kershaw. Right? We'll put Albert Pools, uh, Barry Bonds, Mike Trout, Clay sure. Kershaw. Sure. There's a sure. baseball guy. Sure. LeBron James, Tiger Woods, and Tom Brady. Okay. That generation has passed. Yeah. LeBron James might win the NBA Finals this year. He might. Tom Brady is very likely going to win the, the NFL MVP. Yep. They might win that. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might win the Super Bowl. That's right. But those generations are coming to a close. Mm-hmm. Give me, from any sport, yeah. one player that is going to be the next generational player. I'll give you a couple a, a, a couple knots. Okay. Is it Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray? Is it Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson? Right. Is it, who's the next golfer? Is it Brooks Kepka? Is it, Bry- is it Bryson De- DeChampo? Who is it? Who is going to take, who is the next? LeBron James and Tom Brady are very likely considered the best players to ever play those sports. Right. I think Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah. Someone's going to challenge them. For sure. I think, I think in, in golf, we don't know. I think that the next is going to be... Uh, to be determined because we don't know yet. Each sport you could say. So I want to know. You could go through it. Please so, use your deduction yeah. and come up with who is the is it Patrick? Who is the next generational player that we think we already know or we might not know yet? But who is the next greatest player that we don't know yet? Well, see, and I think that there's sometimes that where guys have been overshadowed while they have been building towards being a generational player, and then they get their moment in the sun. This happened with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was the next Michael Jordan, but then he was, like, too good too soon, so people didn't want to accept that that was the the case. And then people realized he was objectively different than Jordan, despite having similar characteristics, like just his ferocious competitiveness. But then he bookended it by winning a couple more on his own, post-Shaq, post-Phil Jackson, later on in his career. Steph Curry has been a part of our uh, lexicon for so long, and he's so beloved, yet also so maligned, which I don't... I always say this on the show. I don't know how... It, it, it's, it's a referendum on society that Steph Curry has as many haters as he does. It's people just not wanting to have fun. Because what there's nothing that, wrong with Steph Curry. In fact, there's everything about Steph Curry is awesome. It's, it's Steph Curry looking like them, and they could never be him. That's right. You can't look like LeBron, but you are Steph. That's right. That's right. That's a great point. But I, I do think that Steph Curry's been so a part of our... our, our consciousness and and had so much star power for so long that we think that he's so much older than he is true he's only 31 this is a good argument and, and yeah. if, if he can stay healthy like the warriors are back lebron's only 34 <laughs> 35 35 tom brady's 44 bro well yeah i mean that's that's the the, the answer here though is that we've redefined both the importance and and possibility of longevity this is a whole new frontier. It's, it, it's never been possible to play sports at as high a level as these guys are playing it. I know it's crazy, like ice and stretch and go to sleep. It's like it's like super hard for me. Right, right, right. But then, but then when you have a uh, uh, million dollars to spend on your body, like LeBron James, like that's why LeBron deserves so much credit because he is among, if not the most gifted athletes in the history of our planet. He's number one. Yet he's also dedicated himself physically, mentally, spiritually, financially to maximizing his own capabilities. That's a one-of-one one when it comes to the NBA. It's a truly one-of-one. One. You're not finding LeBron James staying up till 4 in the morning smoking cigars in Atlantic City. Michael Jordan has such a, a wonderful, romantic reverence for him. But yeah, it's something. It's not. It's LeBron James is doing this thing as perfectly as you possibly can in terms of the maintenance of his own body, because 
it's an investment. It's part of his brand. It's part of his corporation. It's the same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's playing his best football right now. How? He's been in the league since I was, like, in seventh grade. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's going to be hard to get into the house of Tom Brady because that might be legal or illegal. I'm not sure. Well, that's exactly right, and that's across the board, though. I mean, regardless of if, if there's any sort of, quote-unquote, illegal things going on, these guys just have significantly more. I mean, Michael Jordan was was taking a multivitamin, probably. Probably like, not. Like you, probably, probably not. not right? <laughs> exactly. Probably not. You can go down to the complete nutrition on the corner in Bozeman and buy way more things that are better for you and also enhancing your performance on a significantly higher level than guys 20 years ago had at their disposal anywhere in the world. So uh, who's the next great one? I, I love know. your Steph Curry argument just because I really do think that that's the kind of generational cut-ups I'm talking about. Yeah. But who's the young guy? Well, the, is, it, is it Otani? Uh, maybe. It's, it's, you want to know who it is, though? It's the guy that... Ha- Do you want to know why there's been so many old guys that have dominated pro sports? It's not just the, the physical care that they take care of themselves or the advantages they have in training. It's also because the inundation of the noise was a part of their was not a part of their development. They know how to live as pro athletes before the world was tapping them on the back every single time they did anything on Instagram. Like LeBron had a 10-year career before Twitter was mainstream, before everybody's mom had Instagram. It's true. Yeah, it's true. That's the number one thing. The guy who's going to be the next great generational player has almost nothing to do with his talent. It has to do with a guy who can throw his cell phone away for three months and read books during the playoffs, like LeBron James does. It's the guy who doesn't, who, you know, it's, it's the Derek Jeter of the world who makes every person that ever comes to his home check their cell phone at the door because we don't take pictures here. Nobody knows where Derek Jeter lives. When you're here, you're with me and we're talking. That's going to be the guy that's the next great one because the thing that sets you over the top is the mental part of it. It's not the physical part of it. Oh, it's beautiful, and I couldn't agree more. And some of these young guys, I, I, I think that we have to give them more credit than, than, than we are. It, some, of For the, sure. some of the things that they've been dealt, some For of sure. those distractions are For not sure. choices of theirs. And whether or not you can market yourself with or without some of these distractions is, is to be determined. But the fact that you can make it to where that you can be John Morant from Murray State, and you can go dominate in the NBA day one, and you can buy your mom and dad a house, and guess who you live with? Your mom and dad. Right. And you take it to a whole other generation. When Kobe Bryant was 18 years old, I don't know what he was doing, because, again, it wasn't on the Internet. Right. John Morant lives with his mom and dad, and they help him into his laundry, and he's averaging 28 in the league. That's right. He's taking it to a whole other level. Well, it's like when people... People dog on Kevin Durant for how um, thin his skin is. It's a great point. Kevin Durant is the way he is because we made him that way. Kevin Durant was he asked for anything. Kevin Durant was on the Color Sports Illustrated. He's seventeen years old. Right. Like Kevin Durant was was you know Kevin Durant talked about it in his when he won the MVP. Like. My mom's the real MVP because my mom moved with me. Oh, and what a good speech! Took care of me and like. Oh, you make me want to cry. Because because because, how would he have the life skills? He he's been the cash cow for so many different people that are pulling on his thousands he, of people. Just exactly, and he has the pressure of the world on him. So, you know, you can you can hate the player or you can hate the game. Either way, it's an interesting one. Per my mind blown nature. Arizona up on Northern Arizona, 82-52 in Flagstaff. Still can't believe this game is happening. Just in case you're wondering, I don't know if anybody out there actually cares, but here we are. Bozo, Montana, Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Radio. The last 10 minutes of 2021, some of our best moments. We'll take you home here on a Friday. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. 
Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Stay behind. We both knew it was just a matter of time. So much change, so many things to try to learn and conquer, but it's been a phenomenal time, and we couldn't have done it without every single one of you out there that's listening. Welcome back in Nuanas Now, the last Nuanas Now for 2021, coming to you from the Montana State campus, live here at the Brick Breeding Fieldhouse, Montana State hosts South Dakota State, high noon tomorrow. The second of two FCS semifinal playoff games. First Final Four game in Montana since 2009. And the first semifinal game in Bozeman since 1984. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Been riding with Brooks Nuanas here as we prepare to cover this last round before the national championship game. James Madison, North Dakota State, they are upcoming we have about five minutes left of this calendar year. It feels surreal to be here, and uh, I couldn't tell you how amazing this year has been, considering all the things we've been able to do, not just from a content perspective, but from all the places we've been able to do the show. And i got to say special thanks to Tommy Evans, our engineer and producer extraordinaire. He built me a radio in a box, and we took the radio in a box all across the country, and that's been pretty cool, pretty fun to, to make it happen. Kind of started it out with our trip to Boise for the Big Sky Conference Tournament, but we've been all over the place since then. Been to Bozeman many times, been all across the state of Montana, been out to the West Coast. We've done games from Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Huntsville, Texas, and uh, now here we are in Bozeman one last time to bookend this year. So thanks to everybody. And also thanks to Andrew Houghton for manning the show back in Missoula. And uh, look forward to seeing him tomorrow as well, our producer here at ESPN Radio. Coulter, I'd, I would be remiss if I didn't jump in here. And um, from each and every one of your listeners, how darn proud we are of you. How much you are appreciated in the state of Montana. Um, I think I'm speaking for a wide audience. So, at the end of 2021, share something that you loved this year, Coulter. Tell us something that you enjoyed that made this job and this passion that you have uh, all, all worthwhile. I think it's been this last two weeks, man. You know, it's funny because we, we always fall into the, the cliches of, of humanizing ourselves through sympathy, and that's, a, that's an awesome thing. But I've gotten the question so often over the last week, everybody that was following us both with this show as well as on social media and on Skyline Sports, they've all asked me, have you recovered from your trip? Have you, have you, have you rested up? And I tell them, I'm not even tired yet, man. It gave me life. Because it gave me life. Because it was so cool being able to do what we did and make it happen. Because as Andrew Houghton was saying on the show earlier this week, and I, I agree with him so much, it's the story that we're here for. It's not the result. It's not the pre or the post. It's the moment. Enjoy the moment, as our good friend Colt Anderson always tells everybody to do. And so being able to watch Montana in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Montana State in Huntsville, Texas, and have that be the culmination of what has been a landmark year for us at ESPN Missoula, and then to ride in the car with you and make a trip across the state of Montana when it couldn't be more quintessentially treasure state. The entire landscape is blanketed in snow, but the sun is shining down, and we're doing what we love to do and what we've been trying to build for so long. And now we get to be here where it all started against a familiar opponent, and we get to take this thing home. Uh, it's, been, it's been unbelievable, man. And uh, 
you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of life, we don't get a, a chance to give uh, thanks and gratitude for the things that we have done. And I, I always try to thank everybody out there for all their awesome contributions or attention or care or engagement. But uh, it's been a pretty pretty unbelievable year and definitely one where when, when we're old we'll look back on it and uh, we'll think this is this is the moment this is the moment when we made the jump so thanks to everybody out there for helping us do it and uh for caring about what we do because we care about it a tremendous amount what was your favorite part everything you just said times 10 i really loved um Boise and not going to Boise. You know, the corona pandemic has been quite an ordeal for me and my family. And I have two baby boys that live through it. And I get to take them to football games and yeah. basketball games. And they get to watch me and, and, and come and give me kisses to the fence. And we get to share this as a family. But also you and I, Coulter, have been grinding on this for such a very long time. And my favorite part has been the experience of feeling like things are upward and onward. Yeah. And not only are they back to normal, because that's not the truth, but things are really good. Yes. And things are positive, and people are putting their heads down and keeping their chins up at the same time and pushing forward and making moves. And I love to see people be successful. I love to see people tell their stories through hard work. And while you and I get to do that, we get to do that for a lot of other people. And it's been no question my favorite part to chronicle some of the most amazing stories throughout the Treasure State this last year. Gotta love it. On that note, happy birthday to my main man, Buzz Buzz. My nephew, Brooks' son, Leo, he turns two on Tuesday. Can't, be, uh, can't say enough about him. Also got to thank one of the people that have been so influential in our lives, and that's Becky Smith, our owner and operator at Missoula Broadcasting Company. What an unbelievable believer in us that she is. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 